the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. It is Friday, which means Open Line Friday. And anything you want to talk about, we will talk about. You can give me a call now at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com if you can't get to your phone today, but you want to participate, SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That phone number again is 888-528-2557. And uh, lots to talk about today. And uh, I got one person on hold as a holdover from the last hour. I'll take that call in a minute because it is Open Line Friday. We don't do that normally, but uh, Open Line Friday, we'll do it. And, uh, you know, it is uh, something else that is interesting about today. It's January 6th. And I guess my question to you is, do you have that date marked on your calendar as a day of some kind of special remembrance or mourning because of the uh, Capitol incursion uh, two years ago today. The LA Times has an article uh, lamenting that more people don't find this to be a particularly long-term um, you know, day of remembrance, meaning that you know people have sort of changed their mind about it in different ways, but the majority think it's a bad day, but not something you wake up thinking about the same way you do September 11th. Or there's a poll that uh, they're citing where people really think that the JFK assassination was a worse day and September or December 7th, 1941, uh, Pearl Harbor was a worse day. Um, and they seem to be lamenting that uh, people don't put January 6th in the same same bucket. I don't either. Uh, I think it was a terrible day. Uh, but I'm curious to what you think about that. That's something we could talk about today in a little bit here, 888-528-2557. In the last hour, we spent uh, the whole hour really talking about prayer and does prayer work. I don't want to leave that, uh, leave the calls hanging there because it is an important, far more important subject, I think, really. So let me get here to uh, Michael in Aliso Viejo. Michael, thanks for holding on through the break and uh, hanging in there with us. Hi, how are you? I'm Good. Good. Um, and actually, your, your new subject brings up a, a comment, too, if, if I could afterwards. Sure. But, we'll transition uh, after your prayer, first comments. Oh, thank you. Okay. Concerning prayer, um, my understanding is exactly what you hit at the end of the hour just now, which is it's got to be within the will of God or he's not going to answer it with a yes. Mm-hmm. Even within the will of God, though, there are situations where you may be praying for somebody with terminal cancer. Please, Lord, heal this woman miraculously and show your strength and, you know, reveal yourself to those around. While somebody else is, please, God, end her suffering, bring her home so yes. that people can see the glory of God. So in that situation, I could see that people might perceive that their prayer wasn't answered. But in the bigger picture, I believe it is. Yes, I would agree um, with that. I think people need to to see their prayers, and this is what we ended with, within that context. And I think that's what the Scripture is teaching. Exactly. I think if you take James 5 in particular yeah. as a whole, like you should, 
Uh, the right. passage is about prayer more than it's about healing. Yeah. And, and I mean, the image I have of this entire world is we are out in the middle of the ocean, all of us drowning in a whirlpool with an enemy pulling at our feet. And God is in the only boat saying, please reach out for my hand and I will pull you to safety. And our entire goal here is to push people toward that hand. That's right. Uh, nothing else matters. Yep. And I think that's a big part yeah. of our prayers, right, is, yeah, is are we exactly. praying? And that's a that's a question I don't think I said it. I was running out of time so fast. But, you know, in your church prayer meeting or on your prayer list, uh, whether it's a corporate one or it's your personal one, look at it and say, is there anybody on here that we're praying for their salvation? Or is yeah. it just praying yeah. for this sick person or praying for uh, this person's got right. a test? Praying and for Johnny, circumstance. Yeah. Are we yeah. praying for the salvation of people? It's okay to pray for circumstance, but right. if we're not praying right. for the souls of people... It's included in the greater, yeah, if we're not, the greater context. That's yeah. right. If we're not praying for souls, then we're missing the point. Right. Yeah. Um, All know, right. I, we'll transition I, now into the I, other other topic. Okay. Thank you. Um, yes, I have January 6th marked down on my calendar and have my entire life because it's my birthday. <laughs> um, Happy birthday. Yeah. What did you do on uh, January 6th, two years ago? Did it ruin your birthday or did you just push it aside? All that stuff going on. Um, it's been an ugly couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so I spent it quiet uh, alone. So Pete, uh, people, uh, is it because of that the stuff that happened, or is it just other stuff in no, your life? No, uh, loss of everything in my life. <laughs> oh, well, Michael, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, and yeah. ironically, my big brother was born on December 7th. Oh, he was, huh? Okay. Yeah. So uh, you yeah. guys have, uh, you know, a, a certain date. Um, exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, Michael. So we have the chaos dates. <laughs> yeah. Michael, since I've got you, can I pray for you? Once we were talking about prayer. I love that. God, I thank you for Michael, and uh, Lord, he's had a rough couple of, of years in his life with some loss and things. And in our, our context of praying to you now, God, I pray that you would that you would restore his soul and his spirit uh, within you wherever that needs to be done, and that you would use him and uh, the the events in his life, that you would guide him through this, that you would show him how those things are... Uh, that you, how you can use those things, as terrible as they are, as much as he might wish they were not a part of his life, and that he would continue to use his life to push people toward the hand of Jesus, as he explained. I pray that you would build him up, that you would give him solid Christian fellowship and the joy in the Lord until the day comes when, in your will, you call him back home. We thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Michael, thanks for listening Thank and for uh, hanging on uh, through here. Can I send you a book? We're doing a day, a book a day giveaway. Sure. If you hold on That'd a second, if you hold on a second, uh, my producer will get your address and uh, we'll mail you a book. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. Yeah, happy New Year. Happy New Year, Michael. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It is Open Line Friday. And uh, we'll talk about whatever it is that you'd like to talk about. It is January 6th, and some people are are remembering today um, as a date in our nation's history where a bad thing happened two years ago. This is President Biden today. But on this day two years ago, our democracy held because we, the people, as the Constitution refers to us, we, the people, did not flinch 
We, the people, endured. We, the people, prevailed. And on this day of remembrance, joined by the Vice President, the Second Gentleman, and all of you, we honor a remarkable group of Americans who embodied the best before, during, and after January the 6th, 2021. President Biden and uh, the Congress today uh, did spend some time making some remarks in the middle of them trying to find a speaker, which they have not done yet. Um, and uh, a lot of it was upholding the Capitol Police, and uh, which certainly took a, a lot of the brunt in uh, all sorts of different directions uh, and have since on, on that day. But one of the things that's um, – I'm curious to what you think – is is January 6th a day that we're going to keep on our calendars the same as we would December 7th or or 9/11 or you know are we going to say where were you when January 6th happened the same way that you might say where were you when John F Kennedy was assassinated or those kinds of things uh I'm of the opinion that in a couple of years we'll we'll sort of remember it but it's not in the league at all of that and that's what the polls say the LA Times is sort of lamenting that in uh their article today uh, about this, that many Americans are are not feeling it to be as serious a day. Everybody thinks it's a bad day. Almost everybody thinks it's a bad day, whatever side of the aisle you're on. Bad day. Um, and most people agree that it should have never happened, hopefully never happens again. But, you know, is it really uh, something that every year, for example, on this show, you know, every year on this show, we're probably going to talk about 9-11. I'll bet we do. Um it's something that uh, we go through. I'll bet we don't talk about January 6th every year. That's my thought. What do you think? 888-528-2557. It's also Open Line Friday. If you've been waiting to call about another subject, today is your day. You can call about anything you want. We'll take your call and change the subject just for you. Uh, let's go to Lily in West Covina. Lily, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Lily? Hi, I'm doing good. I'm Thank doing- you for yeah, is January sixth uh, a huge deal long term, or do we sort of uh, leave that in the history books one day? And what do you think? Yeah, well, I think two ways. Maybe keep it in the history books for the both different reasons. Yeah, for sure, it's and in the history one, books. Yeah, one because uh, we still have questions about it regarding how it was organized and yeah. uh, who was to blame, like. They got people that are being uh, held, you know, arrested for over a year. Yeah. But uh, they haven't uh, investigated Ray Epps or the policeman that killed a woman. So there's a lot of questions still left over. There's still some things. There's still some stories and different things that we don't really know what even is true and things like that. But uh, I think they're getting to some of that uh, now, but it's been pretty slow two years later. I'm, I'm really curious about. You know, is it, you know, in 9 11 this year, there were lots of people who were equating 9 11 with January 6th. And I just don't, it, I'm not saying January 6th was fine. There's nothing fine about that, but it's not 9 11. It's just, no, it's just, definitely. it's just, there, nobody can think that. All right, Lily, Lily, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. 888 528 2557. 888 528 uh, it's open line Friday, so I'll take your calls on any subject. And let's go to Jackie in Compton. Welcome to Southern California Live. Um, hi. Um, I was listening to um, your program earlier about prayer, and yeah. I wanted to say something about that. Um, this is a very um, powerful subject to talk about because mm. I think that prayer, we have to always remember that God, we put our life with God. So God is in control. So our prayers, God hears them. 
But we have to remember that he knows what's best for us. And I'm saying this because I've been, I've been, I prayed before and my prayer was not answered right away. It was not answered right away. It took a year, Mm -hmm. probably a little over a year. And it was a prayer that was very important to me. It was about for God to forgive me. And I never gave up. And I I look through the Bible. I read the Bible, and I see in there that David constantly prayed. It says in the Bible, I don't know exactly where, but I know it says pray um, ever ceasing. Like, don't stop praying. Do not stop. Yeah, 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. Yeah, so I, I believe that God does hear our prayers, but we have to remember that He knows what's best for us. He knows what's best in the whole picture, and we have to remember that. And I, 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 I see prayer so powerful, and I want to say something really quick, too, before I hang up. Um, I listen to a program. It's Pastor Sam. It's on Saturday. It's at 12 midnight to 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's all about people calling up. I want to pray. Can you just pray for this person? Mm. And it's so beautiful because people on the radio get together and we all pray. And then you have at times you have people call in and they say, wow, this, you know, my prayer was answered. Yeah. And you also have other people that say it wasn't answered, but we're still praying. Yeah. We're still. Yeah. And then one more thing. I'm sorry. I have so much to say on this. My church did something really beautiful. They have um, they had all of us, whoever wanted to, to put up names of people that do not know the Lord, that we could pray for them. And we put their names up there, you know, and I'm doing that. I know people that don't know the Lord, but I'm believing that God's hearing that prayer. And I just, just such a powerful subject to talk about. But I believe in prayer wholeheartedly because I believe in God. So that's. The best way I can say it. Yeah, thank you, Jackie. Appreciate that very much. And, uh, you know, the Lord has, has forgiven you. I know sometimes it's hard to accept that. But, yes. but keep praying, and he'll help you know that. That's, I think, one thank of the you. examples of David in the Psalms. You know, mm-hmm. he just pours out his heart uh, to you and all those stuff. Thank you, Jackie, so much for your call. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Um, I don't have a name on the screen. Who am I talking to? All right. Well, welcome to Southern California Live. Is it you see me? You see me, yeah. All right. Hi, you see me. You see me up. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Um, okay. So I'm learning about what's going on here. What what what, what we learned from history about the anniversaries, like the JFK assassination, the 9/11, the Capitol riot. Yeah. I wish I, wish I was killed on one of those anniversaries because I'm tired of what's going on in the world. I'm tired of this lawlessness. I will give my words to kill me if necessary. And I'm a murder report on the nose. Well, we don't want to do. We don't want to do all of that. There, it just it just really bothers you all this uh, the lawlessness and the diff- bad things that happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Jesus in your heart? Yes, I do. All right. You got to trust him. He said the world's going to go crazy with, and uh, that's a big part of what we're here to do is point people to Jesus because in him is the is. I agree to one hundred. Is, yeah, is salvation. So make sure you're you're pointing to him and and get your hope from him. There's going to be other bad days. I'm sorry to say. Uh, but, I agree 
to. I'm not going to be. I'm not. I'm not going to discourage you on that because I know everything's going to go from bad to worse. Yeah, there's going to be some bad days, but there. But for those of us, for you and me, who know Jesus, our best days are ahead of us. You got to keep your faith yes, in thank that. You. All right, thank God. You so much. God bless you. You see me, and thanks for listening to Southern California Live. All right, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. It's open line Friday, and. Uh, that means I don't even know what that sound effect means. We, we'll we'll probably find one that's you know we'll, we'll we'll come up with a jingle, an open line Friday jingle. Okay, we're gonna work on that. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It does mean that we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. I was curious, and um, is do, do you care that it's January sixth? I mean, in the sense of a Capitol riot a couple of years ago. Um, and I'm responding really to an L.A. Times article about polls that said that people don't think of it as bad of a day as some of the other bad days in our history. December 7th, 9-11, JFK assassination, things like that. And I would I I just agree. I don't think I think it was a terrible day, but I don't think it's going to be something that uh, is remembered in that same way. Uh, for sure, it'll be in the history books. You know, some of the things that we aren't sure about today the politics of today, and there's a lot of it, it'll die off, and there'll be there'll be a picture in a history book uh, and a webpage of a guy in a buffalo suit. For sure that's going to happen. But I don't know that we're going to do a January 6th show every year the same way that we're going to do a September 11th show every year. 888-528-2557. And, of course, if there's anything else on your mind, let's talk about that. It's Open Line Friday, so we'll talk about whatever you've got uh, on your mind as well. And uh, Brian in Ontario, welcome to Southern California Live. Oh, hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Okay, yeah. Um, as far as with Delmar, when I heard about that happened, I was distinctly impressed that he was going to be okay, specifically because I figured, you know, everybody was praying for him in that stadium. Yeah, Demar Hamlin in... Let me let people know, we started talking the last hour about Demar Hamlin and how there's been so much prayer and his... Uh, he's doing very, very well. And really asking the question has been a part of our discussion today is, does prayer work? So go ahead. I just wanted to, uh, there's a lot of new listeners uh, since the last hour. I wanted to catch them up. Sure. I should, probably should have introed with that. That's okay. no, no, that, no, no, that's my job. I'm the host. You're the caller. We're just, we're just bringing everybody together with your call. So you go ahead. But, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, I said, this guy's going to be okay. I was distinctly impressed. I mean, I prayed for him a couple times. You know, as, as it came up in the news, but I was very sure that, you know, with so many people praying, he was going to be okay, because I couldn't see God not answering prayer in that, that regard. Uh, but as to answering prayer, um, especially for someone who's sick or hurt, you know, remember in uh, Hezekiah, he, um, he prayed because he knew he was going to die, and um, the prophet, you know, had told him, and then God had him go back and... Um, you know, tell him, hey, you've got 15 years added to your life. Right. And Hezekiah, who was a really good king, um, you know, as good as humanly possible, maybe even better because he was a man of God, you know, he went ahead and, and messed up badly um, and invited the Babylonians in and showed them everything and pretty much had uh, uh, brought about the uh, destruction of Jerusalem almost because of what he had done. So some, sometimes we have prayer answered, and God may not want us to have it fulfilled because he sees the end, and he sees what could happen. Like, uh, he, lets, he, he does give his beloved rest uh, and to protect them from the evil to come, right? Yeah. 
And I, I think that that's a, a great point there, that our prayer, once again, is always a part of God's will, right? It, it is, it's got to be that. And Hezekiah, when he prays, remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. You know, he begins his prayer that way. It's all right to have a, a serious conversation with God you know, to plead your case with the Lord in, in some ways, right? Um, yeah. I, but, but God's going to answer it the way he's going to answer it. Yeah, if Hezekiah knew what he was going to bring about onto Jerusalem by doing what he did, he probably wouldn't have done it. But then again, would he have wanted to continue on knowing that he was going to do something so detrimental to the cause? Right. You know? Yeah. All right, Brian, uh, thank you so much for your for call and calling Southern California Live. Uh, Ruben, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, how are you doing? Good, Ruben. How are you? Oh, awesome. About the prayer. You know, a lot of people, they, they, they have it a little bit backwards. Um, I do agree with the prayer, how powerful it is, but I am a product of prayer. I, I, did, I was not looking for God. I didn't care less, and I knew I was going to hell. I knew my life, but my mom prayed for me for 27 years, mm-hmm. and she never stopped. And when I had my encounter, I had my Saul type of encounter, but it was so radical that that, that it, it says, oh, it's God's will. No, it's, it's, it, he leaves it to us. We're the ones that, that decide uh, what happens. And it's kind of like when you say to pray for somebody, you cannot uh, uh, reveal God without healing because of the stripes that Jesus bore on the cross. He paid for it. And, and it's funny how it, it goes both ways. I can enforce my will because my will is in line with God's will upon somebody else's life, whether they not like it or not. And I've seen healing. And, and, and because of that, um, it, because I know, I know in my heart, I know who I am. I know my identity and it's not my job to convince anybody of anything, but to reveal who is inside of me. It's your job to let people know who Jesus is. You said your mom prayed for you for how long? 27 years. 27 years. And that's something I yes, think that people, I think people need to hear that because people give up. And yes, uh, I'm glad that your mom didn't. Stopped. Yeah. I got to go to a break, Ruben. I thank you for your call very much. And, uh, you know, people have a lot of, you know, prayer's a hard topic because people have a lot of different opinions on things. And whatever it is that is ultimately accurate as far as what our prayers do and how God responds to them, we are for sure commanded to pray. There is no no indication anywhere in Scripture that you don't need to pray. I told a guy one time who told me that uh, he thinks that God has allowed him to commit adultery, and he wanted me to pray with it, pray with him about it. And I said, "No, we're not going to pray about that. We don't need to pray about that. God is not condoning your adultery." And uh, but otherwise, uh, we are commanded to pray. And you know how it works and what God does. You know ultimately those things are up to Him. He's the one who is in charge of all this stuff. But either way, we're commanded to pray. I got to take a break. Uh, we're over time on the break here. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It is open line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Back with your calls as the Friday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. It is Open Line Friday. 
That means we'll take your call on any subject at all. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Uh, Vicki in Anaheim, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Vicki. Uh, co- hello. Uh, this is a comment on our discussion about prayer. Yeah. Uh, this, yes. I read an article it's been many years ago, but I have thought about it over the years. It was an article either in Time or Life magazine, and they had taken um, a survey of people who were ill. Some were prayed for, and some were not. And the article said a higher percentage of people were prayed <clears throat> a higher percentage of people prayed for got better than those who were not prayed for. Now, of course, I believe in prayer, but I just thought that was an interesting survey, and it was totally, it was not done on a religious level. It was, you know, so I just wanted to comment on that, if anybody has any comments. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, thank you for uh, for sharing that story, uh, Vicki. I think I remember reading uh, that article um, back then, because that's certainly something um, that, you know, stuck in my mind. Thanks for calling Southern California Live, uh, Vicki. Um, you know, there are different, and I've kind of looked this up, uh, there are different sort of uh, non-spiritual studies that have been done on prayer, because people want to know, does it do anything or not? But I think the hard thing, so one I was reading today is in Psychology Today from two years ago, and it's it's from part of the magazine that is uh, specifically secular. It's called, it's called the Secular Life Section, okay? It's uh, probably very popular among readers of Psychology Today, but... Uh, in it, it's trying to figure out prayer. And it, it, they did their own study, and they took a bunch of Christians and said, we're going to pray for these people with heart problems. And they took a bunch of atheists who didn't pray for these people. And I don't know what the atheists did. They, I don't know what they did. Um, and in that study, they said there was really hardly any difference. And you know, what I, I think is interesting about this is that you can't quantify the heart of the people praying. See, I, I read that and I thought, so you took a bunch of Christians and a bunch of random heart patients, cardiac arrest patients, and you said, okay, pray for them. And then you took a bunch of other cardiac arrest patients and you told people don't pray for them. <laughs> and you found it to be about the same. But I thought, you know, there's a whole lot of things in here that you can't measure. Number one, God doesn't really like to be tested on too many things. Uh, he allowed Gideon to test him and he allowed... Uh, Elijah to test him. Um, there are a couple of things uh, when you know when it comes to your your giving uh, at church, he, he allows you to to test him out uh, and have be faithful. But generally speaking, God's not too much of a fan of you testing him, and uh, because I think our our mind does things that are not spiritual. That you know, it seems like whenever we put a test out there for God, sometimes we we wind up uh, coming up with an answer that we wanted. Uh, not really the answer that has anything to do with the Lord. And uh, so I don't know that you can scientifically do it really. What I've just noticed in life is that I've seen some pretty amazing things. And I have seen doctors who come out and say, um, we can't explain what happened here. We did not expect this. And even doctors call it a miracle, which is not really a scientific term, but there's no other word for it sometimes. Certainly that happens. And so often there's prayers. But what I've I've noticed, and and for sure, people are praying for um, people who don't survive, right? And and we got to keep that in mind. And I don't want anybody to feel like that your loved one passed away because you didn't pray right. Uh, that's not what the scriptures say. Some people teach that, but it's not true. Um, I think that 
um, God's going to do what his will is, that he wants to bring people back to be on the right team, on God's team to save people. And what I've noticed is that the the people who seem to get healed, who are genuinely sick, who genuinely get healed and the doctors don't know, uh, it tends to lead to people getting saved, people in their family getting saved or people back at their church getting saved. There seems to be something about that healing that you can't scientifically prove that something miraculous happened, but you, the spiritual implication or the spiritual result is that people are saved or some, there's some movement for the kingdom of God uh, that's very tangible later. Just a thought there. Once again, these are, these are things, the reason God wants us to have faith with so much of this, and he's not going to tell you everything. He's just not. Secret things belong to the Lord, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Um, the things that belong to us are the things that are in Scripture. Everything else, we've got to have faith. And whatever is true, we're called to pray for people. And uh, so we need to do that. 888-528-2557. Chris, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. Um, yeah, I called about the January 6th thing. Yeah. But, uh, I've also been praying and uh, reading Matthew and... Um, yeah, the the January 6th thing uh, is sad to say that it occurred, but uh, I do believe there was agitators. That's part of our history. And But the Democrat side and liberal side, uh, I, I just don't have hold any muster to anything they say or do because they play this game. So obviously, uh, let's not have police and uh, uh, rules don't apply to us, but they scream bloody murder if somebody else uh, crosses a line. Well, there's a whole lot of politics involved, I think, with with how this comes across. That's something that the L.A. Times and the survey that they were quoting um, kind of brings out, is that it's very much a left and right issue on how you feel about that day. And that's something that I think is different. If you're, if you're just joining us in the beginning of the hour, we talked about it's January 6th today. You know, is this something that's going to stay on your calendar as a national day of, of remorse or sadness or whatever, the same way yeah. as nine eleven or December 7th, Kennedy assassination? You know, my thought is no. And I think that's what we're seeing, that in a few years, some of these political issues will go away or they'll be cleared up. There'll be investigations or there won't be. And we, I think we're not going to care that much. You know, history's going to care. There'll be a, it'll be marked there. But, yeah. uh, you know, one of the things, uh, Chris, thank you so much for your for call and bring this up. You know, I and maybe you can disagree with me if you want to call in. I think that people sometimes on the left uh, exaggerate what that day you know, what that day might have done when we hear the president or others say, you know, our democracy was in danger and this and that. I don't know. I think that I think that if if that day was a lot worse, if like the worst things would have happened on that day and we would have, you know, killed the vice president and the speaker of the house and, and there was just bloody murder and just a terrible, terrible just thing. I still don't think our democracy is in danger because we don't we're not built that way it's not if some mob one day takes over the capitol building it doesn't mean they're in charge of the military and the government all of a sudden it it just doesn't mean that that's not our our country it is that way in some other places if you went into some some countries and wiped out the people serving in government well you're in charge now but that's not how it works uh we have 50 states they would they would nominate um and appoint new leaders immediately to replace them 
and uh, things would things would work out over time. That's that's kind of how I feel. Not and I, and you know I think people on the right sometimes don't. Although I think this has changed maybe in time, is there were people originally like, oh, there's nothing wrong with that day. There's still some part of that, you know, some people like, no, that was a good day. No, it was a bad day. I mean, the guy in a buffalo suit was in the Senate, you know, shouting stuff and and it was violent. And some there are some people who did really bad things Um, and that should never happen again. And it certainly didn't help, you know, whatever, you know, thing people wanted to see happen. It's a bad day. But I don't think we're going to, for example, talk about it every year on the show for the next 20 years. I think we are probably going to talk about 9-11 for the next 20 years. Um, we don't talk about the Kennedy assassination too much. Um, but if you're old enough to remember it, you probably remember exactly where you were and what you were doing whenever that happened. Um, I don't think it has that same effect. That's my opinion. If you disagree, you know, let me know. If you're having a, you know, a vigil tonight or something related to January 6th, maybe there's things going on. I don't know. We can talk about that, or we can talk about anything you want, because it is Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557. Ted, City of Angels, welcome to Southern California Live. How you doing, Pastor Scott? I'm good, Ted. Uh, I just basically wanted to back up uh, the day before a gentleman was talking about that Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. And I'm reading here what Jesus said. And he basically said, you know, I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in, naked, and and on and on, you know, sick, imprisoned. Now, is not the unborn child naked, hungry? And how about the ones that are born and the mother has the right to allow that child to die after it's been born and nobody can help that child. Now, if we're not involved in politics, how are we going to protect that child? And Jesus said, if you did that to that child, you've done that to me. So why on God's green earth would we not be involved in politics? We've got to protect people and we've got to, uh, that's just my take on it. And uh, that's much more important than all these other things that have happened to us uh, as a country is how do we move forward? How do we protect people? Because I don't want Jesus saying to me, hey, you know what? You, you, didn't, you didn't vote to protect the unborn child, and, and this is covered in Matthew's, what he said. And, and so what is your take on that? Uh, thanks, Ted, for your call on that. Um, you know, um, there's a lot to say on that. I think people mean different things when they're talking about Christians in politics and politics and what does that mean. I always think that what, especially when we're talking about Matthew 25, when we go meet Jesus, you know, what's he going to talk to us about? It's going to have to do with the condition of our heart on a lot of these things. You know, I think that he might say, you know, what else did you do other than vote? Uh, you know, there's a there's a part of the Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. Okay, but you still should be concerned about the oppressed and the people who can't speak for themselves. And, uh, you know, voting is the least you can do. But are you helping women who are in crisis pregnancies? Are you praying for people? Are, does your church have a ministry to help people in this situation? Do you help adoption agencies? There's, there's a whole lot of things. And I don't think we all have to do every single thing. But I do think God wants us to be engaged with the issues of our culture. Um, my view is that he looks to us to do a lot more than vote. I think you should vote. But I think that, you know, this is an off year, right? 2023, we're not going to have an election this year. Does that mean we just don't do anything? That we wait until, you know, two years before we do anything else? I think that voting is the, the least we can do. I think that outside of even the political thing, our relationships with people, 
matter and have a better impact uh, than than anything else. I got to take a break. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation or if you want to change the conversation, it is Open Line Friday. So we'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. This is a moment marking uh, the anniversary of a day that threatened to end the American experiment in many ways. President Biden uh, is paying tribute to those who put their lives on the line uh, as the mob invaded the U.S. Capitol and honoring individuals uh, who did everything they could to maintain the integrity of the election. That was Jake Tapper on CNN this morning um, talking about January 6th, and there were some ceremonies on Capitol Hill today. Really, they, they mostly focused on uh, celebrating the Capitol Police and supporting the Capitol Police and some things going on with that. My question this hour, one of them, has been, uh, do we feel like January 6th is something that we're always going to remember or is it something that goes into the history books and you know eventually they'll sort out some of the problems or maybe they won't, maybe we don't care uh, or maybe we care. Is it the same as 9-11 or Kennedy assassination? Is this something that we're going to talk about for generations? You know, every year on this show, I'll bet if I'm doing this show for 20 years, I'll bet I'm still doing a 9-11, something about 9-11 20 years from now. I'll bet I don't even mention January 6th a few years from now. That's my thought. I could be wrong. And I'm a history guy, right? So I'm going to remember it. But um, and maybe a bigger question is, what should Christians take away when we think about this day or we think about political violence or just the divisions that we have in our, our country what should we be careful to to learn on uh, days like today? 888-528-2557, last segment of the day. David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there. Happy New Year, Scott. Happy New Year, David. Um, what do you think? Is this a know, long-term thing, or is it something that once I, sort of the politics hate, is done, we're done with it? Well, I hate to disagree with you, but I don't think this is political. I mean, this is a day where the foundations of our democracy were threatened. This day represents, there was a segment of our society that didn't want to accept the legitimacy of an election. And if it hadn't been for Mike Pence and some very brave secretaries of state in Republican states, Arizona, Georgia, New Mexico, Wisconsin, you know something? We could have been floundering if that election had been overturned, and it came very close to being overturned by, and I listen to a lot of people that call into your show, and I think they have no understanding about the civic contract. I mean, part of Christianity is our civic contract with our government, that we respect the institutions of our government. I mean, I fought for my country. I don't always agree with everything that's done, but I I think if you don't accept the basis of elections, where are we? It's a big problem, and we have that, I think, on uh, several levels, right, of not accepting. This has been going on really for 20 years. Um, and uh, so, not like this. No, but no, it's been getting, it's been getting like worse, this. right? Like the, uh, the person who was the Capitol Police, uh, um, the, the captain of the Capitol Police who uh, re- 
resigned after this. He was on the news today saying he's afraid it could happen again, only worse. Right. And if we if we do not make some effort to make our elections, make people understand the elections are better secured or make them better secured, then more could happen. Right. Um, You know something? I have to disagree when you talk like that. Our elections are secure. Everybody. Well, people don't believe it. Right. So the the problem is, wait a minute, whether they're secure or not, if people don't believe it, then we have a problem, whether because either they're not secure and those people are right or they're they are secure and those people are wrong. But either way, it's a big problem. Well, but if you're going to say something, you have to prove it. They didn't come up with any significant evidence of any significant problem with the voter voting was uh, not authentic. There was no significant evidence. So I think that's very important when you have people like John Eastman, a constitutional lawyer who went to U of Chicago Law School and a clerk for a Supreme Court justice, who's making these arguments about the illegitimacy of the election. I mean, but nobody ultimately nobody agreed with him. No other attorneys. You know, and and maybe maybe I'm I'm too Uh, positive about this, but but I feel like nothing actually occurred that did threaten our democracy and that is the strength of our democracy that there can be an attorney who comes up with some idea that the vice president can overturn an election which nobody agreed with uh and and we're still okay i guess i i i think i thank god for mike pence yeah but what if he would have done that i mean i mean don't you think that Almost nobody would have agreed with that, and the Supremes would have gotten involved 10 minutes later and said, no, one person you know cannot. I, I agree with you, but the point is that if this even comes up, that in an election, is, you know, this distrust of government, of the FBI, of the CDC, uh, people want to uh, have budgetary constraints on Medicare and Social Security. I mean, really. This is a social contract. The whole generation of people are relying on certain things. Integrity of elections, old age security, health care when you're older. I mean, you have these bomb throwers now that want to do away with everything. Yeah, they're, they're there. But, you know, the, the contract, and I'm, I'm running out of time. This is a good subject, I think, for okay. a, a, a whole segment or another show, David. No, you know, the, the, the whole idea of the, the social contract. But what I would I would say here, and I'll leave it with it, is it goes both ways. I don't think the I think that there's some reason, certainly, to question, you know, the FBI, the Twitter files. That's a real story. I think that ought to be the story. I think it's just too complicated for people. But it's a huge story uh, that the FBI was involved with squashing information that turned out to be true. That's a pretty big deal, right? And it, it it's the social contract goes both ways. And that, I think we do have some. I agree with- some problems government there. Agencies, government agencies can be abusive. Uh, look, you had the FBI infiltrating uh, civil rights organizations That's right. in the 60s. Yep, they did. See, yes, and, I agree. Yeah, yes. see, and it's a, it's a thing. Government agencies can be abusive both ways. That's right. Yes. Yep. Okay, David, thank you so much for your call, and Happy New Year to you. You know, it is... Uh, um, it, it's a, such a much bigger topic, and we're, we're running out of time here. One of the things David said about social contract, I think it does matter that that Christians are. Um, we need to be careful how we express ourselves in this. You know, if there were some Christians, probably just a few, but there's some imagery from January sixth. You know, of of you know Christians wrapping themselves in the flag and or the Trump flag and praying in front of the cross. And there there's some people who are very uh, 
I wish they hadn't done that, if that makes sense. Like it's it's not what uh, – it doesn't represent our faith. We have to be very careful with that. The social contract matters. We have to – we have a system of laws. You know, I think it's it's a troubling thing when people realize that you got to be able to prove something in a court of law in order to uh, overturn an election or something. On the other hand, the law and that side of it needs to make sure that you don't have a lot to argue about. So if you followed what was going on in uh, some of those lawsuits in um, Arizona, Carrie Lake, who lost that election in uh, Arizona, the governorship, if you follow some of that, most of her claims got thrown out of court for no evidence. But a couple of them uh, actually went to trial. And that was different than some of the things out there. And the judge ultimately decided that they couldn't prove malintent. Um, and whether or not that's correct or not, I don't know. But but I do think that there's some questions. I've got questions with mail ballots and how they're done. I think that there's a whole lot of things that could be done differently. There was an entire, after the 2000 election, there was an entire government commission uh, that put out in 2002 the uh, uh, it's like Vote Better Together Act or something. I'll, I've talked about it before. But it gives all kinds of things that need to be done in our election system. This is 20 years ago that would help build confidence in our system. And most of those things have not been done. That document is uh, what led to the, the real ID that you're being forced to get at the DMV, right? There's a few things that came out of that that bill that the Congress passed, but they didn't do most of it. A lot of it is voter ID. Both Democrats and Republicans on that commission agreed that you got to have voter ID. Uh, you know, one of the issues in Arizona that's been an issue in other places is the long lines that were at places to vote, you know, people being forced to wait six hours to vote. Um and that's happened in other places, you know, that's not okay. For sure, that sends people home. I'm probably not going to wait six hours to vote. Um, that's, But that's done at the county level. It's not – we tend to blame whoever parties the governor, but it's probably a county problem. There's no way that you should have to wait that long to vote anywhere. That means there's not enough polling places in the county people, the registrar of voters or whatever the uh, legal group is. They're not doing their job. Christians, whatever it is, and we got to go on this. I'm sorry I won't get to your calls because uh, we're done here in a few seconds. Christians, we got to make sure that above all, however we interact with all this stuff, our testimony is intact. Uh, that makes that matters greatly. I'm done. I'm out of time. I know there's a lot to talk about, but we can talk next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Southern California Live. We're on every day from three to five. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.